Whatever a Podcast, episode 54. That's right, folks. We have all kinds of exciting news for you this week. Um, Matt has gone to a dark, dark place. Um, we, we've got some wrestling news. I know everybody's a fan of the wrestling news. Uh, Marvel. We've lots got, of Marvel news. We've got a lot of cool shit coming out of Marvel, lots of course. Lots of DC news, too, actually. Yeah, lots of DC news. Um, you know, we're, we're getting really close to the run-up to like all of the TV shows coming back, so we got a lot of TV rumors. But there's also been some pretty cool stuff happening in the DCU this week, so yeah, yeah. excited for that. Oh, geez. Uh, we have some Star Wars news, a little bit of that. Um, we have our weekly Complain About Pokemon Go segment. Yep. Um, and th- this space is where comics would usually go, but we didn't read them, so... We, we put the list in the show notes, and you can check them out later and, if you want to. And we will read them, because we're, we're going to pick them back up here in a little bit, and we're not going to want to be missing issues and whatnot. So yeah. we did we did yeah. include the issues that we're just would not have talking been covered about this week. week. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Anyway, um, so um, Rami Malek would have been here this uh, tonight, uh, you know, uh, critically acclaimed star of uh, uh, Mr. Robot. He would have been here, yeah. but instead he had to go win an Emmy. Canceled last minute. It was fuck really that shitty. Guy. Yeah, fuck, fuck that, that guy. guy. Um, yeah, we're sorry, Matt Damon. We ran out of time. Um, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's get to the show. So actually, I want to I want to preface this a little bit. So for the last, uh, I don't know. Eight years or so, I've been bitching about having, or I've, I've had an iPhone and Matt has used Android or something like that. Usually Android, I think, because yeah. they came out around the same time. You get a G1? Uh, I did not have the G1 or the MyTouch even. I had the, the, my first Android phone was the MyTouch Slide, which actually was a couple years after Android yeah, released. Yeah, that was probably, yeah, um, too bad. I think the years. iPhone was on the three by the time, by the time I picked up Android. I, I was a, I, I was a like you can pry my BlackBerry for my cold dead hands guy for a oh, long time. Oh yeah, lots of people were, especially in like two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, I started like, you using weren't one even in two thousand seven, and and I continued to until probably two thousand and probably nine. Yeah. yeah. So for you know like nine years, I've had an iPhone, and I've been like the iPhone's really cool. And then last week, I was like, fuck that iPhone. Like maybe I'm gonna go buy an Android. <laughs> and Matt's like, well, that's all I needed. <laughs> anyway, Matt, tell him what you got this week. Um. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've been talking about it for a long time. Um, I wasn't actually due for an upgrade yet and still am not for like another year and whatnot, but, um, I do have daughters, uh, that are getting older. Uh, one of which is, is now doing school sports and has away games every week and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I'm just like, it's not the world I grew up in. I really want my kid who's going to be traveling on buses to be able to call me should something go wrong, um, on the bus or whatnot. Um, also like I need her to be able to take it with her if she goes to somebody's house who maybe I know the parents, but, um, I'm not familiar with, um, uncle molester that nobody bothered to mention lives in the basement or something. Yeah. You know, so, um, just needed to be to, for my peace of mind to make sure that my kid, uh, had a way to communicate. So I added a line to my phone plan yesterday and I was like, well, I guess I'll get a six S plus yeah. and she can have my old phone. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a couple of funny things. Number one is, uh, like, I distinctly remember being, Emmy is what, 11, 12? She's 12. 12. Okay, so I distinctly remember being, like, 11 or 12, and, like, we would leave in the morning, get on our bikes, go where the fuck ever. I mean, like, I think we, by that time, I was probably limited to, like, city limits, and, you know, it was Lebanon, so it's not like it's, like, a gigantic place or Albany by that time, probably. But whatever. Not exactly, like, this big, massive area, you know. But anyway, I could go pretty much all over town, and it's just, like, be back by sunset. And now, these days, like, if my kid's home five minutes late getting off the bus we're like well she died obviously 
to, they're both dead. They're both dead. They're both dead in a creek. You know. To like, be fair, you're younger than I am, and Aunt Joyce allotted you a lot more personal freedom than I had when I grew yeah. up. And I grew up in like the '80s and shit. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like that—that that is not an unheard of thing. Like I think a lot of people around our time frame, generationish, uh, you know, had a lot more freedom as kids than we'd we'd uh, give our kids today, probably. I mean, especially like if you talk to like me versus my wife on things, like my my wife, uh, they're gonna have vastly different levels of freedom if like I have no input at all. So what's crazy? What's crazy is like. I remember, like, distinctly, like, doing my own laundry from the time I was nine years old. Mm-hmm. Because my mom was just like, I'm a single parent. I work 40 hours a week. You know when you need clothes washed, wash them. Yeah. You know? I won't make you do my laundry, but do your laundry kind yeah. of a thing. I also had an old shitty gas-powered lawnmower that I had to mow the lawn with and whatnot. Same thing. Um, I remember I had to mow the lawn. I had to pull the weeds. Uh, my dog, my job, one of my do- jobs was cleaning up the dog shit in the backyard. Like yeah. we had to do all of that stuff. Like I, every morning before school, it was put away the dishes. We got home homework, you know, do chores, then all that shit. Um, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong. Um, we're not progressing as a society. If, our kids' lives aren't easier than ours were. Yeah, for sure. I'm not. I'm not like we had to walk 12 miles to school uphill both ways in the snow. I'm, that's my, not what I'm. My doing. kid. My kid doesn't even have to pedal her own wagon. Yeah, you know, like I. I'm just. I'm like can't even can't even lash lash together the oxen so we can get to the market. Yeah, you know. Yeah. The the thing for me is that it just like it is different these days. Like my no, kids sure. right now, like they have they have responsibilities. Like Emmy does the dishes, Jada does the laundry, stuff like that. But like, um. As far as just being able to have the run of the town and go wherever, like, number one, I grew up in a town of 2,000 people. And granted, I don't live in a huge, like, burgeoning metropolis yeah. at this point, but it's still way bigger than what I grew up in. Yeah. Um. So there's a little bit of, of discomfort there. Um, but also, we're so connected. And I don't know that there's more... Um, bad shit happening to kids now than there was when we were growing up it's no, but we, we sure speaking, do see far it. less yeah we we sure do see it more now because we we are so plugged into everything yeah actually that's kind of a funny phenomenon because i think everybody feels like we live in a less safe uh um generation but statistically it's like a thousand percent better or something like yeah. ridiculous like that it's not even a contest yeah. but we're aware like i don't think i can go a day without your brother-in-law posting uh about some kid getting raped in nebraska or something like that yeah you know what i mean yeah so there, there is, I think, definitely that, like, the whole, um, you know, this is just one more aspect of, like, the 24-hour news cycle. And I don't even think that, you know, like, we were talking about the 24-hour news cycle as a, you know, culture probably 10 or 20 years ago now, um, yeah. you know, since, like, 1995 or something like that. Uh, and, you know, that this is one of the things that's only exasperated by the Internet. Like, sometimes I get on the Internet and I look at it and I'm just like, well, the entire world is fucked. Like, there's no... Clearly, clearly, we are doomed as a species because there is it's so easy to pull every single negative facet of society and, you know, worldwide society now too, uh, off that way. I mean, this shit's been happening, you know, usually worse for the last few thousand years or something like that. But yeah, um, yeah. good news, folks. Child rape is down compared to 20 years ago, but our fucking only realistic candidates for president this year are Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. So... <laughs> Pro- progress yeah <laughs> so we're, we're getting some of the things right and then some of the things i don't know i don't know there we go um, um so anyway you got a success plus i did um, i got a success plus um i'm still a fan of big phones i wasn't 
wasn't ready to to move down to the standard size iPhone, which that's changed over the last couple of years too. Because standard size used to be uh, just a four inch screen, and now it's four point seven. Yep. It is, um, and it is a substantially big difference. But one of the things that um, the only thing that I'm a little disappointed about holding on to my iPhone six for a little bit longer is, I want the big screen now. Like I, I never thought I would, I would really dig the big screen. But um, you know, every time I pick it up, it's just like you can see so much more stuff. Yeah, like, it's, screen, just, it's just all on the screen right now. Screen size uh, to me is is kind of a big deal. The phone that I was using previously was the Motorola Nexus six, also Which known is as the gigantic. Google Nexus six. Yeah, it's it's a full six inches diagonal on the screen. Yeah. Uh, even I think the six P is only five point seven, yeah. And I think the Note is probably only five point five, and those are considered. Like, I the, think the, the Nexus big... is probably the biggest one, it, or at least yeah. like it is definitely one of the biggest, the biggest tier, like top tier brand anyway. Yeah, it, it's it's for sure one of the biggest phones that's been like, in, unless you're going to talk about like a tablet with LTE, it's it's one of the biggest that you'd still call a phone. Well, it's like I mean, just case in point, like my first tablet that I had was the uh, Google Nexus 7. Yeah, um, which is and, seven, seven inches, is that right? Yeah. yeah, and like, so there's only an inch difference between the size of the screen on my phone or my tablet at that point, mm-hmm. and I, I was using them both at the time when I got it, and I was just like, <laughs> I'm probably not going to use the tablet anymore. Yeah. Um, and it, I actually haven't noticed the size difference much, um, which, I mean, when you're a guy like me, a half inch means everything. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> Well, you know, I like to leave things hanging there. Yeah. No, um half an inch. It it actually the the phone itself is relatively comfortable to use. Um it's smaller and I don't just mean like the screen size, but I mean like it's it's a much thinner phone. Mm-hmm. Um so I had to go out and get myself a a case for it today because I was just like I can't walk around with this. <laughs> yeah. Um I, I I went naked on my phone for a long time. Like I haven't used a case up until this last like six months or so. Um, and I don't know. I think the only reason that prompted me to do it is because I just want my phone to be all black. This is one of the few one of the things that I I really desperately want about the iPhone Seven is they Piano finally black. just have a fucking black phone. Yeah, I, I was looking at that um, because I was contemplating putting off this whole move until December. Um, yeah, because you know by then I should be able to to get the, the seven and whatnot. Um, but the way supplies are right now, I'm not sure that that they might not have a phone by December. <laughs> no, and December is a really bad month to do shit because we got Christmas and having yeah. to spend money on shit like that. So, uh, but I did notice when I was looking it up because um, I could have pre-ordered it. Uh, the Piano Black actually only has two sizes uh, for uh, storage, and that's 128 and 256. There's not a 64 gig model of that one. Yeah, they, if you want the Piano Black, you get you got to go at least to the middle tier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we talked about this a little bit before, and I think overall you seem pretty happy with it. Is there anything like you desperately miss uh, coming from Android? Um, honestly, the only thing that really is kind of a bitch to me is I had the uh, Beersmith app for mm-hmm. Android, which is an $8 paid app um, for either Android or iOS. And so if I want to use it now on my phone, I would have to pay the $8 Another again. Thing. Yeah, that sucks. But I have, I have other um, Android devices hanging around the house that if I needed to, I could... I could download the app on those and, and use it. So it's not that huge of a deal. Um, apps were really kind of what drove me to this in the first place because, honestly, uh, my, I was talking to my brother because I gave my brother shit like four or five years ago when he first went to uh, <laughs> Apple. And uh, and so he we, we kind of picked each other a little back and forth a little bit. And I texted him yesterday just to see if he would notice that it was coming through on iMessage instead of <laughs> the standard SMS. And he did. He picked up, picked up on it right away. But um, 
he was like, what made you change? And I was like, honestly, I'm fucking too old and tired to have to worry about whether my apps are going to work after my phone updates. Yeah. Like that's, that's really it. And the, one thing that Apple is, is consistent when it, when it comes to its software, like when they develop iOS, iOS is developed to work on these devices and these devices only. Android is really kind of a one size fits all. And it's up to each manufacturer to make tweaks to it as they go along to make sure it, it works with their hardware. Um, and it can get kind of messy. Yeah. Uh, y- y- fragmentation is a term that you hear a lot when it comes to um, Android OS. This is actually so. one of the things that's fairly apt. Like there, uh, not a lot of things necessarily fit the whole um, Windows versus Mac analogies uh, with, with Android versus iOS, but this is one that's totally true today. Like pure Windows, like what does every nerd do when you get a new computer with Windows already installed on it? Like usually a laptop you remove all the bloatware or wipe that shit and just install it fresh. Like yeah. I, that's what I've taken to do. And most of the time is just wipe that shit faster. and install it f- fresh because it's faster and it's just fantastically better. All of us nerds are like, no, I don't want your stupid Wi-Fi manager. I don't want your, you know, like support whatever could jigger. Like I don't want all of this bullshit that you're putting on the thing and just slowing my system down with semantic semantic can go fuck itself. Like get out of here with that. Um, and uh, that's one of the nice things that's existed since the iPhone one that was really controversial at the time is none of that shit's ever been on there. Like you never, never had the Verizon branded like uh you know maps thing that costs like nine dollars every time you go somewhere that I will tell you is the reason why I was using the Nexus phones because the Nexus phones don't have that either yeah and that's one of the one of the sad things I think is that um you know I know why they do it when you're an Android manufacturer like what's the difference between Samsung and Motorola um a lot of the times the difference comes down to basically for most people like the the stuff they put on top of Android but I really think um, there's a good chance that more manufacturers would be better off if they at least ran one or two phones. Like maybe they run like, let's just take Samsung because they're kind of the biggest uh, other kid in the playpen right now. Um, if they ran the S7 and then also had an S7, you know, a Nexus S7 or something like that yeah. and just ran pure vanilla Android on it, I think that would be a lot more attractive to especially a, a small segment of people. They you know? started doing that um, with some of the revisions. Like there was... Um the HTC one. Um, I have the M seven and that particular version of the phone came in um, the standard version. Yeah. And then there was uh, what they called the Google play edition, which was essentially a stripped down bare metal See, phone it, with just Android on it. Was that one? Um, well, the other benefit of the Nexus line is uh, Google, I think releases updates to uh, Android, like just about monthly. They are now. Yeah. And so unless you're basically with any of the major manufacturers, because they all like you were saying, like the the manufacturer has to get their hands on it and put their shit on it. The carrier has to get their hands on it and put their shit on it. And so the end result of that has been like if you have an Android phone, you may not be getting an update. Like maybe you'll get one yeah, uh, or two if you're lucky. You know, some of the some of the bigger phones um, get, you know, maybe one or two updates a year. Whereas, you know, with Apple's, um, you know, I think the five, I think the five can still get iOS 10. I'm not sure. It might be the five S that they cut off at, but that's a four year old or a three year old phone, four year old phone at this point. My 72 year old father-in-law has a five S I can, I can check it and find out. Yeah. In fact, I probably ought to have him come over anyway. Cause, and, and well, he'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. I probably ought to make sure his phone's been updated anyway, cause he probably hasn't updated it since he got it. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, that that's one aspect that I always found a little weird that that, that no other manufacturer like it seems to me like that that would actually be a selling point for some people. Like we we've made this special edition of the phone that gets updates when they come out. You know, Go figure that's true, but like carriers sometimes block that, and that's like um, I had the Samsung Galaxy Nexus. Yeah, uh, from Verizon. That was actually the second verizon smartphone that i had mm-hmm. and it was notorious for not getting updates because verizon just wouldn't push them yeah when See, they came out and the, that's bullshit i think that's one of the things that majorly differentiates the nexus line of phones is that um they don't have to wait for samsung or they don't have to wait for the carrier i think being they do though that's the thing it's like if it's operating on their network like the carrier still has to still has to open the gates for that to happen. See, on iPhone, you get very, like, in almost inconsequential ways. Like, they have small firmware updates for, like, the modem, essentially. Like, there is there is a cellular modem in there somewhere that, that goes out and talks to the, the network. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every very once in a blue moon in these days, you will get a carrier settings update, and you just hit OK, and it really has no effect on, like, iOS or the, the firmware yeah. version that you can see, at least. Um, but now, I mean, Apple's Apple sets their own schedule. They release shit when they want, and that's pretty much how it goes. Yeah, and that's, I think, it, the, the Nexus devices from Google are a little bit more like that now because in order for Verizon to carry the uh, Nexus 6, I believe they, they basically had to acquiesce to Google's request. And yeah, I the Nexus 6, don't get me wrong, I, like I'm glad that it was my last android phone Mm -hmm. because it was the last of the nexus series that was being marketed as a premium device because when the nexus phones first came out they weren't necessarily being marketed as premium they were just being marketed as this is a developer device it's easy to unlock it's easy to root so you can have, oh yeah go to town on it you know the that first kind of a thing. the first nexus was straight up like i didn't even think like regular people were really supposed to buy it um it was a pain in the ass i launched that phone and it was yeah it was a pain in the ass but um, because we had to have special plans. Like if a customer called in and they wanted that, there was one of two plans they could go on. And that was an individual plan or a family plan that were specific to that device. I, I think because that was one of the, at that time, especially in the state, well, at that time in the States, um, most of the rest of the world does this the way that we kind of do it now. But at that time in the States, there were no non-subsidized carrier. Like you didn't just take your own phone into most of the carriers and not it, have some sort of bullshit to do. Actually, with. that was because we weren't selling the phone directly through this. I worked for T-Mobile at the time. So, and we weren't selling the phone directly um, it was being sold by Google. And so the reason there was limited plans is because we didn't necessarily want to have Google employees sticking their fingers in all the plans that we already had. So we're like, okay, they can pick from this one or they can pick from this one. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but um, they weren't marketed as being like the, the high end top tier devices. So you, you had to pay the full price for it, but full price for it was like $350 as opposed to seven or $800. Yeah. They still have, um, I don't, I can't remember what they call it, but there's like a couple of tiers and Nexus is out. Like there's the Nexus four, the five X and the six P or the, yeah, the yeah. most recent ones. But the five X is only like 400 bucks, I think yeah. entry level, which is a, a solid price for that, that phone. That's so. because by the time they got to the six, the Nexus six was almost an $800 phone. And they were like, wait a minute, guys, this isn't where we started. Yeah. This isn't what this was all about. And so, which is, I actually got the Nexus six after the six P was already out. And I, I did it because they they held true to that so much to the point where like the 6p the specs on it were almost identical to the 6 which had been out for a year already yeah. only the 6 had a bigger screen and i was like well fuck it <laughs> <laughs> so um 
anyway, yeah, my my long journey with Android has has come to an end. Yeah. So if you'd like to send your comments, that's at the brutal one on Twitter. <laughs> um. All right. Let's move Here's on. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this is my last my last parting shot. Uh, not, it's not even a shot to to Android necessarily, but if you're the kind of person that wants to pick up your phone and just have it work, there's nothing wrong with an iPhone. Yeah. Like this. There, there, there is, you know, you're still going to run into bugs. Like, honestly, it's a software product. Any software product's going to run into bugs. But, um, like, the first thing Matt said was, like, you know what I didn't do today? Charge my phone twice. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's still sitting here with, like, 60% battery or something like that. So, there, there are some things like that uh, that are that are significantly better on Apple. You know, that said, the, the next thing I asked him was, did you have to put any music on it yet? Did you get into iTunes yet? Yeah. Have fun with that, fucker. I, I, I already hate iTunes, and I have forever. Yeah. So, like, I, so, and I knew what I was getting into. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, I'll just keep listening to the radio when I'm in the car. <laughs> there, there's niggles, but uh, definitely, you know, there, there are some nice things about the iPhone. And it's just, it's funny because, um, you know, longtime converts, it, it would be, I think, equally new, equally news if I did somehow pick up an Android phone, which, you know, quite honestly, I probably won't. But yeah, I did consider it real hard, which is saying something. I don't know. Maybe they're going to fuck up next time and just be like, you know what? We're taking the screen off. We thought the most minimalist device we could make actually didn't come with a screen. Now, now. That's going to be their next big push to sell the Apple Watches. Yeah. They're like, in, if you want sa- a screen, you got to get the watch. Yeah. In, <laughs> in saving, in saving, you know, you yeah. don't even have to think about your notifications because you can't see them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Apple brick, everyone. We're taking you back to a time when your phone was tethered to a wall. Yeah. And when you left the house, you didn't hear it ring. You bitched about ports. So we put a fucking <laughs> parallel port on it. Enjoy. Yeah. You can hook up your 1996 printer. Dot matrix. All yeah. of its, uh, I don't know, 16 by 16 glory or something. Yeah. All right, let's talk some wrestling. Wrestling. Yeah, so uh, Matt put this in the show notes. WWE is reportedly, uh, ha- or has reportedly, rather, bid on TNA Wrestling. Yes, uh, or Impact Wrestling, or whatever you want to call it these days. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Because it's been through. So TNA Wrestling was started um, by Jeff Jarrett, okay. uh, former WWE I do know talent Jeff or WCW uh, talent. Um, and basically the reason he started is because after WCW was purchased by the WWE, Jeff Jarrett felt there needed to be an alternative to WWE because he didn't ever want to work for Vince McMahon again. Yeah. yeah. All well and good. But um, eventually it got bought um, from Jarrett. He lost control and interest. And um, it's now run by some subsidiary, you know, a conglomerate mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Um, so what's interesting, though, is they've kind of been floundering. Although, from what I understand is uh, Matt Hardy... Um, who, if you're a oh, wrestling fan, yeah, um, I know Matt Hardy. Yeah, him and his brother work for TNA at this point. Um, and the broken Matt Hardy uh, character that he's got going right now is one of the best things in wrestling. I I don't watch TNA, so I completely have missed it. <laughs> um, but I understand it's it's actually really really great. Um, but they're on a network called Pop no TV. Clue. See, I think this is one of the things that's interesting. Like when you're trying to compete with wrestling, like there, there, there is the WWE, and then a few hundred or so miles below that is the next biggest thing. Yeah, but- and and for a while that was the WCW, and maybe that was only a couple miles below, but the WWE was still dominating pretty heavily by by the time the WCW got bought out. And now, now TNA is like the only other thing that I would have recognized, and it, it is miles and miles below. TNA TNA has been struggling for years. They had to deal with Spike TV for a long time. See, um, that might work. And then Spike eventually pulled the plug. 
and from Spike, they went to Destination America, which is an offshoot of Discovery, which, while relatively obscure, most cable systems carry it. Mm-hmm. Pop. I've never even heard of that, is, honestly. Is their new home. I have it. I mean, it's it's on Comcast. I get it. Um, sure. But. Uh, I wonder if that's been, like, something rebranded and I just haven't caught up on it. No. <laughs> oh, that's, like, its own station. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, I, I turned it on Pop the other day just to see kind of what, what kind of programming they air, and I ended up watching, like, three episodes of Baywatch. I see. Um, I mean. Quality programming. Well, it's Baywatch. Yeah. It's not like I was going to turn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway. Let, let me let me tell you something about Yasmin Bleeth. I was just going to say. She doesn't look like that anymore. Yasmin. So I, you know, you're totally right. I can live vicariously through my 90s television program. I was going to say, Chandler and Joey would be right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so anyway, they've been struggling. Um, apparently, they're for sale. That's They kind of have half denied it for the last several months, but... Um, there's people bidding on it now. I think there's. It's like no, we're doing fine. We're doing fine. Please, somebody just buy yeah. us out because you know, like they can't say like, yeah, no, somebody needs to buy us out or we're fucked. Yeah. You know, like, but, um, um, so we have we have people that have bid on this now. Um, three people, um, in total that I know of. Um, at the time that we are recording this, this could change by the time this releases and whatnot. But mm-hmm. um, so as the title of the article says, yes, WWE has placed a bid on it. Sinclair Broadcasting, who owns Ring of Honor Wrestling, has also. Uh, reportedly bid on it and one man one solitary man who stands alone amidst some corporations this man was brought in as a creative consultant for tna um about six months ago or maybe longer um was then immediately kind of made a vice president of all things tna (laughs) um Billy Corgan has reportedly what put, in a, put in a bid to uh, to purchase the company outright. Okay, so first off, that's amazing uh, because <laughs> we were talking about this before the show, and he was like, "No, I'm not going to tell you. You got to wait. We'll, we'll do it on the show because because yeah. you're 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 going to like this." And I was like thinking about like all the old wrestlers that might have become might become. I was like Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's going to buy the thing. No, or maybe the Rock. Maybe the Ro- the Rock's got the money. He could do it. You know, I'm trying to think of like who has the money and the means to actually do this. <laughs> And, you know, I got to say, if, if I sat here and listed 100 people, I don't think Billy Corgan would have showed up anywhere on that no. list. So that is fantastic. Yeah. Um, honestly, though, Vince wants the tape library. I say tape library. He wants he wants the archive footage. Yeah. Um, he- and and no, there's nobody who's going to outbid him. Like, and, and when it comes down to it, even if Billy Corgan got the winning bid... Vince would be standing on his doorstep with his checkbook in hand going, all right, what's this going to cost? You know, see, that's the thing. Like, if it, it, I could see if, if Vince was like, well, I mean, like, you know, whatever. It's it's chump change. I'll just take it. I, I, I'm sure there is some point where he's just like, I don't think it's worth it. Like, he wouldn't do it. You know, like, if it were a million dollars, okay, sure. If it were a billion dollars, Vince is probably like, no, nah, I don't really care. But well, uh, he's only worth 750 mil. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm just saying like there is some point where he's just like, no, nah, it's not worth that. You know, like we were talking about this before the show and you, you said he wants the tape library. One of the reasons he wants it is because Sting, uh, yeah. Sting, one of the biggest wrestlers in history. He's, uh, he's already got all the archive footage that there is of Sting from his past all the way up until the point where he hits TNA. Yeah. And then after TNA, when he when he actually signed with WWE, finally, for the you know, for the first time ever. Yep. Um, so that's that's the missing piece of that puzzle, and you you could make bank off of 
Blu-ray DVD sales of look, this story chronicles his entire career. Yeah, you're gonna get matches from the AWA. You were talking about AJ Styles too. AJ yeah. Styles was on TNA, and he, you said he, something like half of his career is yeah, probably for, probably for TNA. It. So there's a lot to say for that back catalog. I'm just, I'm sure there is a point which Vince is like. No, I don't really care. Like, it's not worth that much money. Um, but, you know, if if it came down to that, like, I'm sure that with the throwaway money that Vince might spend on it is probably worth far more than Billy Corgan can put up. Well, and right now, Billy Corgan has a parent company that's running TNA. And he might have a lot of stroke as far as, like, creative and all that kind of stuff is going. But when it comes down to it, he buys this company. He's on his own. Yeah, and Exactly. And in order to be able to actually make it a viable business, you're going to have to try and find investors. You're going to have to try and find footing somewhere. I mean, I don't know how much longer you can be on pop TV and sell your product. Yeah. Um, man, uh, you know, if, if, if it ended up being bought by, by Corgan, I just can't think it would last that long. So you know, it's just, only a matter of time before Vince gets it anyway. Yeah, it, it, it is just, uh, I, I think the W, you know, on the one hand, I kind of do want it to remain on its own because the WWE is such a juggernaut at this point, like especially stateside. Um, did, does, uh, what did you mention? Ring of Honor? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Japan Pro. New Japan Pro Wrestling, yeah. Do they even show up in the States? Uh, New Japan is broadcast on, fuck, I can't remember, um, Access. It's... Uh, Mark Cuban owns it. Okay. Um, Access TV. And it's, but it's behind, like it's months behind. Um, but they so actually, I mean, Jim it, Ross, Jim Ross actually does commentary for the English broadcast tracks, like him and um, I forget who the other guy is, but like they sit down and they get like several episodes in a row that they just sit down and plug commentary for. So I'm just saying it's, it's not, it's not nearly what the WWE is. Nobody I mean, is. Like it, it's sort of like you know bringing it back to wrestling for a second. Ring of it's Honor sort of is like, an American company. Don't get me wrong. Ring of Honor is is based in the United States and whatnot. But I don't get and like I can't watch it. Like none of the channels that yeah. I get actually carry Ring of Honor. It's kind of like it's kind of like XFL versus NFL. Like it, it, you know it, it's there, I guess. And maybe if you are very careful, you can catch one of the games. But um, it it's nowhere near like the. To the be main... fair, when the XFL came out, NBC was behind that, so you couldn't not watch it yeah i know but, that's where the that's where the analogy breaks but, down but, but the problem is is people figured out to not watch it all they had to do is turn the tv off yeah and that's that's what they did i'm just saying like there's not really a competitor to the nfl and uh <clears throat> wwe is getting the same way there's not really a competitor to the wwe in any meaningful way um like when i picture vince trying to buy this thing he's not like oh yeah this is a good strategic person purchase that's really going to grow the brand and we're going to incorporate these millions and millions of fans i'm thinking just like you're thinking which is like well i guess i mean we can get the rest of stings catalog and if it's only going to cost a million bucks we can probably make that up in blu-ray yeah and i mean there's some talent there don't get me wrong like um to have the hardys back under contract with the wwe would be amazing yeah um maybe provided both of them could pass drug tests and whatnot which i understand they're clean now but is that is that what the split with the w because i was going to ask about that what jeff jeff had a hard time yeah uh passing the wellness policy uh Matt had some trouble. In fact, Matt kind of went loony for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's back again. I mean, you know, he's got his shit under control. They're, basically, they're, they're talent. Yeah, and, and like that's that's really the raw talent is what those guys are. So it'd be it'd be great to have them back. There's a lot of up and comers, young guys uh, working for that company too, um, that are great. Um, some people that have been there before, Bobby Lashley, who also um, is a Bellator MMA fighter. Mm-hmm. 
on the side. Like if he was under contract with the WWE, I don't know if he'd be able to do the Bellator stuff anymore. I don't know how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, TNA is kind of at the point where they can't really afford to be like, well, you can't do this if you're under contract with us because guys will walk and they can't. they need the talent. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think it's just a matter of time before Vince acquires that footage one way or another. Yeah, pretty much. He's not going to keep the promotion going. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's going to farm it for talent and the footage and everything else is going to go by the wayside. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine there being something underneath. Um, what's the other thing that they do that they also bought? Um, like WCW. They bought. Well, they bought WCW, but the thing I'm thinking of is like they, they send all the, you know, all the younger guys came out of that. Like you said, Styles skipped it. Um, oh, NXT. NXT. They didn't buy that. They, they developed that oh, like okay. start to finish. Okay. But, okay, okay. Um, yeah. But I mean, and, I, I would just picture like TNA being something like that. Like there, you would send your your other guys through, you know, a smaller product like that. And if you make it big in the smaller product, there's a good chance you can come play with the big boys, like sort of like the the wrestling miners, if you will. Yeah. Well, um, that's kind of what NXT is, and, and and they've already got that with NXT. So yeah. I mean, they could buy a bunch of guys and stick them in NXT, but I don't I don't see why they would save the brand. No, they wouldn't save the brand unless they were to do an angle with it, like they did with the WCW, and there was an invasion. But I mean. They couldn't because TNA's never been at a point where it's even been close to. Yeah, the, I mean, nobody so. would care. They'd be like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> yeah. sure." TNA's invading. Invading. Does anybody have a fly swatter? Yeah. Like, it's, um, We'd, but just, just uh, you know, send send Orton out there and take care of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this you'll find this humorous. Uh, Cody Rhodes, aka Stardust, actually just signed with TNA. Oh, really? So <laughs> if if they get bought and it's bought by Vince. So where? How did Cody Rhodes leave? Did he did he get dismissed or? Um... Uh, he asked for a release because he hated doing the Stardust character and was done with it, and they didn't have any other plans for him, and so he was just kind of like, "If you don't have any other plans for me, can I go?" And they were like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> um. So we got that going for us, which is nice. Yeah. All right. So tell me about the uh, Cruiserweight Classic. Cruiserweight Classic, man, this was fun. Um, I should have had you watch these with me. It was like 10 episode series. Um, they did it on Wednesdays and there were hour long episodes. And, um, basically what they did is they, they kind of scoured the globe for some of the top cruiserweight talent out there and they put it together in a tournament style setting. And what are you snickering about? My wife finally, okay. So I've been handing my wife to (laughs) update to iOS 10 for the last, like, I don't know, uh, since it's come out. And she finally did. Oh, she's, so, she, so she's, taking, she's sending me all the iOS 10 the, okay. uh, uh, shit that you can do now through iMessage. Gotcha. Uh, it's kind of funny. Anyway, okay. Sorry. So Cruiserweight uh, I shouldn't be playing with my phone in the middle of a professional podcast that we do. Uh, yeah. Everybody, everybody a beer now. So. Yep, yep. No. Um, this was awesome. Um, this was a pure wrestling show. It was... And yes, we get it. It's predetermined. But this... This was awesome because it was presented in a way um, as though, like, it was presented as though it was an actual competition. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, you have uh, Mauro Ranello, who's the head commentator for SmackDown, and Daniel Bryan doing commentary for it, which was great. Daniel Bryan was a cruiserweight sized wrestler for a long time. Mm-hmm. A lot of these dudes that they brought in are people that he wrestled on the indies and everything else over, over the years and stuff. So, um, we got to see guys like Tajiri. Okay. He, he came back from Japan to do the cruiserweight classic. Um, there was other guys that I'd never heard of like, um, TJ Perkins, who's, I guess he's probably an NXT guy. 
um, but I hadn't seen him. Yeah, if you if he, you don't know, I've got no idea. Spoiler alert: He won the damn thing. Um, but Brian Kendrick, who wrestled um, probably I think immediately after you stopped watching, probably Brian Kendrick came in and had a pretty successful run there. No clue. Um, but he's you know thirty seven, so he's my age and and yeah. hoping to make a comeback and and do something on a more public stage and whatnot. Um, those guys wrestled their asses off. Like every single match that I that I watched and I watched all of them were good. Like it it wasn't like you have a Monday Night Raw that's three hours long and like maybe one of the matches out of the six that you see are good. Mm-hmm. Every match was good. Every match meant something. Like every every match told a good story, and it was presented a lot like NXT was. In fact, they were filmed at the Performance Center. Um, the the episodes were and stuff, and then. The last episode was a two-hour-long episode that they did just this last Wednesday. It was actually done live. Um, and uh, they did the two semifinal matches. And then they had a, a tag match that didn't mean anything for the tournament, but it was just a really good showcase match mm-hmm. um, that, you know, four of the guys that were in the tournament themselves actually tagged up cool, and, and did a match. And after the ring entrances for the uh, the final two in the in the final match, Triple H came out and said that, not only were they fighting for the trophy, but the winner of that match was going to be given the Cruiserweight Championship and be on Raw the very next Monday. So tomorrow night, he'll make his debut on Raw as, as the Cruiserweight Champion, and Raw will be the exclusive home of the Cruiserweight division wow. going forward. So It seems to me like I, I kind of remember them having a Cruiserweight before. Am I wrong? They did. They had a, Well, WCW had a Cruiserweight uh, division, and uh, WWF... Uh, had a light heavyweight champion. Okay, that, and, that's what I was thinking. Light light heavyweight. And when they did the uh, in two thousand one, when they bought WCW, I think they kind of just merged it into one cruiserweight division at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they did have one, and then it kind of went by the wayside. Yeah, uh, they actually lowered, I believe the uh, the standards for weight to be a cruiserweight. I think it's uh, I think two was it two oh five. It does the weight limit no for idea. it now? Like they, 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 they made some changes to the division. The, these guys, some of them were kind of small. Some of them were big, um, but short. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So they were able to to. Um, Tony like, Nice was was one of the guys who's probably pound for pound the strongest dude that was in the tournament because the dude was just broad shouldered and ripped. But he was he, he was like a dwarf. But yeah, he, he, I mean, he's kind of built like Gimli. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, anyway, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, WWE Network has every episode of it on because that's where it, it aired. Same thing with NXT. If you like anything that I'm talking about as far as wrestling, or maybe you liked wrestling back in the day when it was actually presented as wrestling, um, go watch the Cruiserweight Classic and then watch NXT Weekly because those two shows are, are presented as just that. There's not a ton of drama going on between each thing. One of my huge problems with Monday Night Raza is three hours. Yeah. It's a lot of time to fill. It's a lot of segments. And so you have a lot of guys out there running their mouths for no apparent reason other than just they have to kill time. <laughs> um, I think the cruiserweights will actually fill in a nice gap there because they won't have to have quite as much of that if they have some matches every yeah. once in a while. Um, but still three hours. I wouldn't. I don't envy anybody having to put on a three-hour wrestling show live every Monday night. Two yeah. hours was, was perfect because it, it left people wanting more. And they usually, they usually do like a five to ten minute run over anyway because USA banks on that. 
Oh yeah. So I mean, that used to be a real big deal back in the day. Like, yeah. uh, you could not turn your TV off at 10 p.m. because it, if you miss what happened from 10 to 10, 10, 10, you you were like totally screwed. That yeah. was like the best part of the show. Yeah, you had to come back the next Monday and just see it because they would they would show like clips from it. Yeah. at the beginning yep. of the show the next week. But yeah, so um, anyway. If if you were a wrestling fan in the past and it's gotten kind of uh, to be kind of a drag, then that's probably your best option is NXT. And I honestly recommend SmackDown too. I love SmackDown now that it's gone live and it's a two hour show. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always been two hours, but just doing it live on a cable network so you don't have the restrictions that you used to have with network TV and whatnot. I love it. Yeah, cool. So, all right, we'll be back with Marvel stuff after a refill. Sweet. All right, so the Marvel uh, Universe has brought us some fantastic news this week, um, starting with the Russo brothers considering Marvel TV heroes for Infinity War. Um, so I'm assuming they mean Marvel plus Netflix, because if they're just considering Marvel, we've pretty much got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and... Uh, well, there's a big fucking flaming motorcycle in the room that nobody's addressing, too. And if Ghost Rider <laughs> does well enough for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like that could be what they're talking about wanting to do with Infinity War is bring ghost rider into it yeah see i was thinking about that i wonder if they do want to do that um but of course when everybody said that um they were talking about bringing the tv personalities i was like fucking daredevil like th- that's what they're talking about uh, daredevil jessica jones luke cage i'm 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 on board with like, all of them if they yeah if they somehow did the defenders that that would be awesome but i had two thoughts phil colson daredevil yeah period like th- that's what they're trying to get here yeah no i think you're probably not wrong about that um it, this was funny because I was listening to uh, Kevin Smith and, and Mark Bernardin uh, do their um, initial reaction to season one of Daredevil when it first dropped. Yeah. Uh, and it was a couple things I hadn't noticed about, about Daredevil before. Um, I, I listened to this, which was actually kind of eye-opening to me. But the funniest thing is, is he's talking about like, Kevin Smith is like, they don't bring Jessica Jones into Civil War. They're doing something wrong, you know? And then They're all of a sudden, that, like, and he was, he was just like, he was adamant that it was going to happen. He's like, there's no other reason for these things to happen than for this to happen. Like, this has got to culminate in this giant thing that has to be civil war, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I love civil war. I, I still think it's one of my top Marvel movies. Um, not the top, but one of the top uh, for me, but there was missed opportunities there and that I don't blame the Russo brothers. I think that was, that was, that's a Feige decision. Um, 100%, but they did miss opportunities. And see, I think the thing is that they've gotten to the scale and scope where, um, they have to do something gigantic with infinity war parts one and two, especially given the fact that they're going to split that up, like that they're going to split that up means it's got to be fucking magnanimous. And I, I think one of the ways you do that is simply by increase, like get everybody who's ever done the Marvel banner, like and get them into that damn thing. Uh, well, and I don't know how they're going to break the two up, and which of the like how many of the top stars are going to be in both movies versus just one movie or anything else. But Daredevil's a proven commodity. Jessica Jones did well. Um, Luke Cage, I think, is going to kill. Like I, I'm sitting here like looking at the thing. Oh, okay, I got 12 days. You know, that's that's basically where I'm at. Yeah, and uh, Charlie Cox can actually carry the screen for a while if you need him to. And I think that's... See, that's the thing for me. Like, they... um, You know, I don't know. S.H.I.E.L.D., I don't see... I mean, I see, obviously, Coulson filling in well because he's already been in the MCU. Um, 
but he's been sort of a comic relief character in the MCU, whereas he's he's different, I think, on on Agents. Um, but I, you know, I thought that was a, a shoe in or a natural. You know, I didn't. I thought characters like Daisy and uh, some of the other other minors in, um, or or you know, that everybody but Coulson essentially in Shield. You know, we might get a couple of cameos out of I'd some love Inhumans. To see Daisy and, yeah, and on the big screen. I think it would I, be number one. She's adorable, and yeah. number two, like I love her character. She does a good job. I really would like to see, you know, like, like I think we could get some cameos there uh, um, of like, you know, Coulson bringing in his team sort of situations. Um, and I think we can do the same sorts of thing with the the um, Netflix properties, essentially. Um, like there's room for them to be there somewhere. Like maybe they're only fighting street level thugs or something like that. Whereas, you know, like you have the main Avengers um, doing the, the big bads, but um yeah, I just I I really think that one of the great things that's come of this this generation's uh you know all these properties is that there's this possibility to get them all together and have it be really something wonderful. Uh, they have to be really careful with how they do it. Um, but I, at this point, I kind of trust that Marvel will not fuck it up if they can just get past the uh logistical bullshit to get them all on the same same screen. Yeah. Um. It's. It's at the point where I think you can't not do this. And I think Jeff Loeb saw the writing on the wall a long time ago. I think it took longer for Feige to get on board. And I don't even know that Feige is 100% on board with it. But what I do know is that they put a lot of trust in the Russo brothers uh, for and at Civil this point, War. They fucking should because the Russo brothers are just nailing it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they killed it with Winter Soldier. Again, yeah. I mean, we've talked about Winter Soldier and how it's one of the top movies not even marvel movies but like one of our top movies like in general yep um and then they and then they did a massive um thing with with civil war and did it well Mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong when i say there's missed opportunities there that's not because of the russo brothers and and what they were given to work with they did an amazing thing. I think for a lot of so, people with Civil War, the missed opportunity is going to come to the fact that uh, Civil War in the Marvel comic book universe was massive. And basically yeah. every Marvel character uh, um, or the vast majority <laughs> of Marvel characters and certainly all the staple superheroes like everybody we're talking about with the MCU. Um, today's MCU was involved with Civil War in some manner or another. Yeah. If you're reading the Civil War from the comic books um, and you plan on reading the entire main storyline as well as all the tie-ins, you're committing to reading 110 comic books. Yeah. I mean, so, the, the, just like Howard the Duck probably made an appearance in Civil War. I, you know, I don't remember. Because <laughs> <laughs> I read 110 comic books, so... Yeah, so anyway, the, the, you know, there's there's just logistical issues with Civil War, and that's mainly only coming from the hardcore nerds. Um, uh, the, and the rest of us are kind of like, no, it's it was a pretty damn solid film, so... Well, and I consider myself a hardcore nerd, but I also am I'm, I'm kind of the... See, I am, but I'm not one of those, like, you didn't put Tom Bombadil in the movie and everything sucks, you know, like... Dude, if you put Tom Bombadil... In, in the Fellowship of the Ring movie, it adds six an hours? hour yeah. at least to that movie, and it was already fucking three hours. So See, I, I won't necessarily give them the length thing, because the, uh, that was Raimi's excuse for organic shooters, in, yeah. uh, and because he was like, well, we were going to do organic shooters, but it added 30 minutes of screen time or something like that, and then they did that in The Amazing Spider-Man, and it was like, well, there goes three minutes, and we've got a perfectly reasonable explanation for how that happened. I, well, they took a cue from uh, Team America. Yeah. You need a montage. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, um, aside from the motherfucking montage, 
Um, I think the Russo brothers have earned the trust of the powers that be at Marvel. And uh, if anything, I probably, I think this decision is probably coming from them that they, this is something that they want to do. Yeah, I think they have too. I mean, they can certainly handle an ensemble in pretty amazing ways. Um, and again, I don't think that you're going to include all of these characters and have them all be like equal parts in this. Um, but I think you can give them all meaningful moments or give, give, you know, at least some reasonably meaningful moments. And if nothing else, if, you know, say, um, uh, the Punisher or, uh, uh, you know, one of the Inhumans is only on screen for 30 seconds, like, that will do nothing but help their their respective properties. Because everybody's going to be like, well, who's that? I gotta go check that thing out. Dude, here's the thing. Anytime there's something giant happening, like world-ending or whatever, there's going to be street crime and an increase of mm-hmm. street crime. And you need the street-level heroes. You need the Punisher. You need Daredevil. You actually need Wilson Fisk. And it's not like jockeying for position when all this kind of thing is happening. Thanos, you know what I mean? Thanos is not going to be like the only, you know, like um, this is maybe one of the things that's I think a little bit different is that like Thanos doesn't do all the like he gets his hands dirty sometimes, but it's not like uh, um, with, uh, say, Doomsday or something like that. Right. I, or, and I think we'll, we'll uh, see. No, I'm him thinking of Dark Side, like Dark Side. Right you know that that his i mean he's gonna go do the fighting with the justice league or whatever but um you know and there's gonna be flying monkeys too but um with thanos i think it's gonna be more <laughs> they're, they're called parademons thank you yeah more flying monkeys than uh <laughs> than 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 thanos fighting hand hand yeah and and we will see thanos get his hands dirty uh oh, at some i'm, point, I'm but, sure uh, i mean they have to at this point but i mean yeah i i, I think i think there's a a good recipe here for success so yeah they're gonna do it hey one thing Mm-hmm. On Daredevil before we move too far. Mm-hmm. And this is not something that I picked up on before, but Mark Bernard was talking about how Charlie Cox delivers his, his lines okay. in Daredevil. And he pointed this out, and I didn't notice it until he, he did, and he's 100% right. The timbre of his voice and the way he delivers his lines, he does everything in a really soothing manner, as though like you, you can tell by the way he delivers his dialogue that he he hears everything and that sounds are offensive to him and so when he talks he talks in a very soothing calm voice almost all of the time okay so you've given us something else i'm not sure i'll ever be able to unwatch you know like now when i watch the show again it's gonna be like well yeah 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 it's just it's like a massage for my eardrums yeah um you know i think you're right i just Charlie Cox has kind of got a soothing voice anyway. So, <laughs> which I mean, kudos yeah, I mean, to, be, to whoever one thing, cast like, him because I mean, that's obviously Ch- Charlie Cox is British if you didn't know. And it'd be one thing if he was all Cockney, like, you know, and he's like, good night, Gabna. Oh, wait, we're Oi. doing Daredevil. <laughs> we're doing Daredevil. So, you know, he's like, oi. Oh, oh, no, wait, wait. I mean, hey, hey, hey. Oi, Frank Castle. Hey, hey, Frank. You know, yeah. like, it would be it'd be kind of funny to see that transition, but uh, Charlie Cox's natural speaking voice is, is is just it is a massage for your eardrum. So I don't know. I'll have to watch that again because obviously he's he's putting a lot of spin on it for the character. Um, so it, that that's man, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. be every, the, when I watch the next time, it's gonna be you know watching with that in mind. Again, credit where credit's due. This was Mark Bernardin from Fat Man on Batman, not yeah. me that came up with it. But uh, you know, for those of you listening at home, that's yeah. 
Absolutely Some, true. Something to check out. Um, speaking of, well, actually, I want to talk one more Russo th- news, and then we'll talk about the last thing that I put on the show notes because I don't know if you watched yeah, it. Or yeah. not. So, uh, Russo news. Um, th- I happened to uh, come across an answer on Cora. So, Cora is kind of a forum where you can ask questions, and you get some uh, kind of incredibly um, unlikely answers. Um, and, you know, people that answer the questions, and so, like for example. Um, Somebody asked a general uh, general question saying, I was going to say general. Somebody asked a general question saying something along the lines of what was your most memorable experience working on Civil War? And, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of people that work on these movies. And so it's conceivable you could get, you know, grips and whatever giving the answers. But it was actually Anthony Russo. So Anthony Russo was talking about um, basically seeing uh, Robert Downey Jr. mentor um, um, Tom Holland as Spider-Man. And, and, you know, Downey knowing just exactly how big a deal this is going to be and trying to help him get the most out of the performance and make sure his he was big on the screen, which I thought was fantastic because it's like they're, they're their characters in real life. Like, you yeah. know, like it's, it's, uh, it's Iron Man's trying to help out Spider-Man. That's awesome. Um, but I also thought it was just neat from the sheer novelty of having Anthony Russo come answer our, our us, us, our plebeian questions. Um, so anyway, go check that out. It's not a, it, it's a paragraph. Like you can go read it in the time that I took to describe it probably. Um, so that's in the show notes and you should go check it out. The last thing I want to talk about, um, I, I put this link in the show notes and I actually tweeted it earlier in the week. So maybe you re- listened, maybe you didn't. Um, but there's this interesting YouTube video and it's titled something along the lines of the Marvel symphonic universe, as in the music of Marvel movies. And I love the premise for the way they set this up. So they, he, he starts the video off by saying something along the lines. He's asking a bunch of random people, um, at wherever the hell he is says can you can you sing me one of your favorite songs from the um star wars things just hum it and of course everybody can hum three or four different songs from star wars you know obviously uh you know can you give hum hum some a harry potter tune you know can you hum superman and you know you got all these different examples of um you know music that's really catchy and in your mind then he says can can you hum me something from any of the marvel movies and just stop, you know, our host here for a second, take a second. Can you think of, can you hum anything from a Marvel movie? Could you think of any, any music jumping out of you from, from a Marvel movie? I can't. No. And I couldn't either. <laughs> and I was watching that and I paused for a second when I was watching it and I was like, well, fuck. Um, and you can't. So he goes on to explain, you know, why that is. And uh, this is one of those things when I tweeted, I said something along the lines of like, well, you're not going to be able to unsee this either if you watch this, because now you're going to go back watching these Marvel movies and seeing, you know, what these things are. And, you know, this is one of those like, well, great. Now I know enough to know how it's shitty, but I don't know how to make it any better. You know, like um, with any sort of, you know, like uh, I'm with that like that with most artistic pursuits, you know, like I know why this picture sucks. I don't know how to do it right, but I know why it sucks. Um, you know, websites are the same thing. Any sort of programming, I'm like, well, this sucks because of this, but I, I couldn't go fix it. Uh, yeah. I just know it sucks, and this here's why. Um, so this is kind of along those lines of like, well, you're going to know it sucks, and you know, here, here, you can't really undo it. So. Yeah, I was thinking about things like Jurassic Park is one that sticks in my head like every time I – Oh, yeah, yeah. And like my, my kids watched uh, Jurassic World today again, and so like I've been humming – the the the, 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 the Jurassic, Jurassic yeah. Park theme, um, and honestly, I was thinking about this as as you were talking about it with the Marvel movies and stuff like that. And the movies that have music that stick out are things like Iron Man, where it's like a rock soundtrack, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, where it's a rock soundtrack. And obviously, the movies are scored as well. And there's there's music that was specifically written, but I'll be goddamned if I can think of it. 
Yeah, well, see, like, when you're talking about Iron Man or Guardians with the rock soundtrack, it's like kind of like, insert generic rock theme here. Like, there's nothing memorable about those particular songs. They are just sort of generic, you know, like, let's do some Paul Back in Black some... is the one that I remember the most, specifically from Iron Man, because it was what they were playing when uh, the Humvees came under attack, when they were... Yeah, and that but... is actually one of the more phenomenal uses, I think, of mu- music in the movies. Yeah. The only thing that I went, as soon as it played, I was like, oh, I should have gotten that one, was when they started playing Cap's theme. Yeah, and... I can't for the life of me. You, I, I right couldn't now. hum it. I couldn't think of it even right now, knowing that that's the one thing that I, I would immediately hear and have that like sort of you know like uh, um, salivatory response over. Uh, um, what is it called? The 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 dog that Pavlov that yeah. that Pavlovian response over. That's the only one of them I think that I would get that for. And even still, I cannot hum it. Um, because when it comes down to it, it it's memorable, but he kind of goes on to this in the video. It's memorable, but in, in the movie, they cover it up a lot. Like, um, yeah. one of the main uses of it was at the end of Winter Soldier when uh, Cap's walking through the museum, and um, the the theme is playing, but it's uh, there's a voiceover. Like, the, like the mu- museum, um, you know, is playing audio or something like that, and the museum's yeah. like, Stephen Rogers was born in blah, 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 yeah. Brooklyn, you know. Uh, so which you do remember yeah 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 so it just kind of goes into the whole like um, why can't you remember any Marvel music and there's you know a lot of it is just that it's purely generic um, purely like safe choice sort of musical things and um, a lot of it is stuff like that the the couple of things you maybe should remember you don't because they did some things that deliberately kind of over overshadow the music so anyway, I thought that was interesting because um, you know th- there are certainly some moments in music. I think in movies are is one of the big things. Like, gotta tell you, in the Force Awakens, uh, when 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 uh, they're pulling the, when she's pulling the lightsaber and she steals that away from uh, what's his face, Kylo Kylo Ren, and you hear the theme, like I tear up at that that moment every single time, and it's in no small part because that theme is just so fucking good. Yeah. Um. Let's actually stick with the music theme real quick here, and I'm gonna skip. Uh, let's do it. Uh, down to the Rogue One news that we have, and then we'll come back to the uh, the Shield news. And it's only because we're actually on music and composition and whatnot that I'm that I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically because there was one piece of music that I was thinking of that, like, I always forget it until I hear it, and then it's stuck in my head for a couple days again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the uh, Star Trek uh, theme from the J.J. Abrams uh, Star Trek movie. Yeah, that's another one that I couldn't name right. It's the top good of my though. Head, but like when it you is good. when you listen to it, it's it's actually really good. Oh no no no! I actually, can, I can hear it now. Yeah yeah yeah. Um, and the reason I I bring that up is because Rogue One um has a new composer because they they lost their original composer due to the, all the reshoots. Oh really? Um, and the new composer is the composer that composed the Star Trek. 2009 oh that's exciting because he, he's he's got some chops like uh i did like the music in star uh, star trek yeah, yeah. um and, i mean and, and obviously he's not going to add lens flares because he's not in charge of that he so. can't and um it, it is it is star wars so i don't think that um he, you know i don't know rogue one is kind of an interesting property because i think with star star wars you know like the main titles they kind of have to stick a little bit to the the um, main thing and they can ad lib on that a little bit but i don't think they can really go way off the beaten path I'm at not, least not for the vast majority of the movie there's certainly parts of the force awakens where there's different stuff i'm not gonna lie i'm, I'm looking at december with a little bit of apprehension mm-hmm. uh when it comes to rogue one because 
this is a live action Star Wars movie, and this is the first live action Star Wars movie that we've ever gotten that doesn't have a John Williams score behind it. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be a little bit weird for me. See, I, I just think if they if they understand that a big part of what makes Star Wars Star Wars is the music, and really let somebody off the chain with it a little bit, you know, like really let somebody run. If Vader, um, it is, could be amazing. As is as important to this film as they keep leading us to believe that he's going to be. Like, how do you have Vader and you don't have the Imperial March? Oh, that it's got to show up, you know. So, I mean. Williams is going to get some credit for this movie one way or another, I would think. He right? will. I'm pretty sure that like every Star Wars movie from now until the end of time is going to have some sort of like thank, at least a thank you to John Williams. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I want them to kind of do something new, and, and I think they could, or they could certainly riff off of what's going on in Star Wars and kind of have it be its own thing and still be interesting. So yeah. All right. So, so the last piece of that's the Marvel news. news. Uh, the last piece of Marvel news we have for you is actually a promo. It's the Ghost Rider promo for Agents of Shield because if we haven't spoiled it for you already, Ghost Rider is going to be in Agents of Shield this season, um, which is kind of a big deal actually. Souped up Chevelle or something like that. It. It's I not think a motorcycle. It, is, it, it does look like a Chevelle actually. Now yeah. that you mention it. Yeah. I. I Go watch a promo. There's, there's not a ton. Yeah, there's not a ton of news here because I think everybody knew it was coming because um, they broke the news fairly early in the summer. Um, yeah. But there hasn't been any like video footage of it yet. And this is the closest we've gotten so far. Yeah. And it looks pretty good. You know, one of the things that people said about like doing Ghost Rider on TV is like, they'll never be able to get the effects right. And it's going to be so. And they did fine. So, Dude, the budget for Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance had to be like $10. And, uh, and whatever paper clips I found in like, my car, like so, every, everybody was just standing around and they're like, "Okay, what do you got on you?" And Nick Cage is like, "Well, here's a couple grand, you know." Like, and everybody else was like, "Well, I got a 20 and they made the movie with that, so it worked out fine. Yeah. Except for the fact that the movie sucked. I'm, I'm more of a soul protector. Yeah. <laughs> um. Fuck. All right. Fuck let's, that movie. Let's move into Fuck some. That movie. Let's move into some wonderful DC news. Actually, uh, we got a couple of uh, news coming out of the DC, or a couple of pieces coming out of the DCU. Uh, Zack Snyder shared with us a, a pic of the new tactical bat suit. Suck up. He's sucking up. Yeah. He knows we're mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> he must be. He's like, please. I didn't mean to. You know, like, I guess I I should have done some of those things, but you know, here we go. So tactical bat suit. Um. You know, I really like the bat suit in the last movie, so I hope that this is just sort of like a, you know, he doesn't wear it the whole film sort of thing because the, the bat suit in the last movie was sort of fantastic. Um, uh, a lot the, of shit for this. Honestly, have you have you heard about? Yeah, he looks like Elman. Not really, though. I mean, if you look at him, like he's still Batman. Like this part right here, like where the cape comes off, maybe the main the main piece of negativity I've heard here is because. He's wearing goggles. Bats is wearing goggles in this pick, and it makes him look a lot like Owlman, as in Owlman from Watchmen, the other Snyder pick. Yeah. Um, and I think that uh, it's going to – I think what they said is that that's pre-effects, and so the, those are going to be there because they're going to do the white eyes or something like that, like they're going to do some sort of digital effect over the eyes, and uh, that's supposedly probably going to – that that will change the look significantly if they do that. Um, if not, then, yeah, I will say the cow looks a little Owlman. Um, a little bit but yeah like i said the 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 first bat suit from batman versus superman was phenomenal so i i do kind of want them you know like go for it you know bring it something new to the street, table but it? i i did like, yeah i like that like it was like like he'd been there and done that and decided that that, that was the kind of costume that maybe worked best for him over his 20-year career and whatnot mm-hmm. um the tactical suit you know 
Okay. And pre-effects, I'll buy it. The other funny thing is calling any bat suit the tactical bat suit because you know what every bat suit is tactician. Yeah. yeah, every bat suit is the tactical bat suit. Some of them are just bigger than the others. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I mean, does it have interchangeable parts? Like, <laughs> it's like it's like the the AR fifteen version of of the bat suit. Like you can add different things to it. Yeah, pretty much. Which also so is every bat suit. So I don't know. Yeah. It's funny. Go check out the picture. Um, a love it or hate it. You know, I guess you can tell Zack Snyder about it. But you can you know tag us in that tweet too at whatever show. Yeah. Uh, and also in the DCU. Um, let's let's stick with the uh, let's stick with the Batman one. Well, the yeah the well yeah actually yeah, yeah, yeah. because let's we got go more there. bat news too. We got some bat news. Uh, J.K. Simmons. Um, we talked about this in the show previously. J.K. Simmons has been cast as Commissioner Gordon. Uh, to which many of us were like, "Well, fuck that," because you got to put him back in Spider Man. Because I don't care what you say about Tobey Maguire or who's your favorite Andrew Garfield. J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson. Um, he, and he did it really fucking well. Yeah, he he's a majestic J. Jonah Jameson. Um, just there's nobody that he, has a complaint about that. J. Jonah Jameson in those movies brought a comic book character to life on the big screen for me more than a lot of superheroes have. Yeah, massively. So massively good. Uh, so there's been a little heat because he's going to play Commissioner Gordon, and he, a lot of people are saying something along the lines of like, "Is there no other actors? Yeah, there's nobody else that can play him. Like you got you got Goldman in the last one. Is it Goldman? No, that's not right. I'm fucking up the names again, aren't I? Who? Who played Gordon in the last movie? Oh, uh, Oldman. Oldman. I got Not close. Not Goldman. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Goldman's like an old Jewish accountant or something like that. Yeah. Um, so you got Gary Oldman. Oldman. Gary Oldman. Yeah, Gary Oldman. Sorry, because he's a phenomenal actor, too, and I love him in everything he's in. But um, Kind of loose cannon sometimes, all of Mel Gibson, but, you know, he is what he is. Is he really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I said some things about some Jews, I think. Oh, I, so that's funny. That's even funnier. <laughs> Is he actually, like, was he doing Zorg at the time? Like, was he still in character? <laughs> um, no, this is post-Zorg. Okay, dang. Uh, anyway, phenomenal as Gordon, I thought. He was a really good Gordon. Um, but, I, you know, a lot of people are saying the same sort of things. Like, really, J.K. Simmons? You couldn't get anybody else? And I think that people are not giving J.K. Simmons enough credit. As, as good as he is as J. Jonah, uh he's a fucking talented actor dude um yeah and that's the thing though is that there are a lot of talented actors anyway um and i don't get me wrong i'm gonna i'm gonna give this a a chance because i want to see what he's capable of of doing it um i i'm not as apprehensive about this as i was about the uh fucking joker and suicide squad or eisenberg is as oh no this is like that see the worst you can say i think about this is like he's so good as jay jonah i'm gonna have a hard time seeing him as anything else um and and honestly like it's what it comes down to is this sci-fi fantasy comic book nerdery kind of things we do need to diversify our casting a little bit um uh what's his name who played finn uh uh in episode seven. Uh, oh, shit. I know. Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about, but I can't um, remember his name. John Boyega. Yeah, Boyega. So, like, he's going to be in Pacific Rim. Yeah. Right? And so, this a lot of this, the same people that were bitching about JK going to, to be Commissioner Gordon were also bitching about that. Because it's like, all right, are you just going to hop from one sci-fi slash fantasy franchise to another like what what's the what's the deal boyega doesn't bother me actually nearly as much because he's kind of an up-and-comer still yeah and 
it's not like the guy's gonna be like, no, I'm not gonna do that role because it's too similar to something I've done before. Like he's gonna take the work he can get so he can get the experience and whatnot. Plus, he fucking killed it. In oh yeah, Star Wars. So, see, like the the only the only criticism I could have over any sort of casting choice where I know who the actor is like this, um, you know, first off, is if they're just purely a bad fit for this role. I do not think this is the case. This no. is another case of like, um, you can't cast Ben Affleck as Batman because he was Daredevil and Dare, that Daredevil movie sucked. Well, that's not because Ben Affleck sucked. That's not because Ben Affleck is a bad casting choice for Batman. Like, if you just forgot Daredevil existed for a second, he'd still be a really good casting choice for Batman. And let's face it, most of us did forget the Daredevil existed. <laughs> we're trying i mean i i still drink it away like i still take an extra shot every now and then to, to hopefully kill that <laughs> section of brain um the the uh same thing is true with um jk simmons here like if you just forget that he ever played jake uh um jay jonah in in spider-man he's a phenomenal casting choice for commissioner gordon he's got a lot of gravitas as an actor like he fits the role really well like it seems like a no-brainer like he can definitely play that role um yeah. So that part doesn't that doesn't bother me. The only thing that I would say is there's probably a whole stable of people who could play this role and do a phenomenal job at it. It's just that with Hollywood and these gigantic multi you know million dollar endeavors, it's hard to take the the um not safe choice. You know, so like that's one of the things that I was really impressed with. Um, episode seven was. Never heard of Daisy Ridley. Never heard of John Boyega. Um, there was a couple of people I actually did recognize outside of the, them, as far as like the quote unquote new cast go. But I'd, I'd never General heard. General Hux was um, uh, Bill. Yeah. Uh, Weasley from the Harry Potter movies. I did recognize Hux. I actually recognized the guy um, who's not from. Well, actually, I recognized both the guy from Kanja Club and the guy who says, uh, who's you know mouthing off to um, Han Solo. You know, like. Who who says that Conja Club? You know the the, yeah. Ir- the Irish guy. Uh, that that guy I recognize too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's a fantastic stable of actors I'm sure available that can play and do an amazing job at the, these sorts of roles. Um, and that th- th- that's maybe the harshest criticism I can level is like there are other actors you could cast. Although I I don't necessarily disagree with any. Of, you know, like you've got a proven staple here. You've got somebody who you know can do the role well and who's, you know, done the role well or done similar roles well, so why wouldn't you cast him? Episode 7 actually made some really, really um, bold choices all around. Like, they took a page out of the original Star Wars Episode Four casting by casting people that were relative unknowns through it, you know? I'm, I'm really then, glad they did, too, because, honestly, if they didn't, um, it would have been really hard to watch that movie. And then the one guy that is the most well-known of all, they killed. Spoilers. Yeah. If you <laughs> haven't seen a movie that everybody else in the entire fucking world has seen that came out over a year ago... I'm pretty sure it made, like, sorry. $4 billion opening night, so yeah. you all saw it, so yeah. don't pretend you didn't. Um. So, anyway, the, the, the thing there, I guess, is, like... I I'm I like seeing more unknowns play like Henry Cavill. I know he's been in stuff, but I'd never seen Henry Cavill before Man of Steel. Um, and I I actually really enjoyed that. Like I liked yeah. that they didn't get a proven known quantity because like you know Tom Cruise is a good actor, but I can never see anything besides Tom Cruise. Oh, he's too short for Superman anyway. But. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just saying like that that sort of thing. Like when you've seen an actor play a role so many times, like even now watching Harrison Ford play Han Solo. 
And again, Dean Kane's too short for Superman, but people bought that for four years. So yeah, Taylor Hashlin I think is about the same size as uh, um uh what's what's her fucking name Chris uh, Melissa Benoist. Melissa Benoist. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure that we're not going to have that problem either. Um, oh god! I, the more picks I see coming out of that, I'm not so sure about it. He looks like a Bizarro Superman in in Superman three. Maybe he will be. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, and then Tom Welling will show up and be like, "That's not Superman." Yeah, you guys bought this shit. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. Actually, that would be the big like I'd be immediately hooked on Supergirl for life if they did that. Yeah, just uh, hoping. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, that's speaking it. of Cavill. Yeah, perfect segue. Yeah, uh, I did that on purpose. Yeah, we'll say obviously. Henry Cavill's agent uh, has confirmed, and now actually, since I posted this link, that Henry Henry Cavill's agent let slip that uh, Cavill was working on Man of Steel, um, a sequel to Man of Steel, rather. Um, it has been confirmed, confirmed. So yeah, there is definitely a, another standalone Superman movie in the Did works. Did we think this wasn't happening? You know, I just worried that it was going to get lost in the fray, and we were going to get it until like twenty twenty two or something like that. Well, I mean, there's no telling. We still might not get it until a I mean, ways down the road. But. I got to say, like, the soonest it could possibly happen is probably by 2018 or 2019, yeah. like late 2018 or 2019. Because I think they're doing Batman in 2018, or at least yeah, that's their, and my, their date. My gut says they're not going to run them against each other, and they're going to want to do this as, like, a summertime movie. Yeah. So May or at Christmas. the earliest. They could do Christmas. But. May at the earliest, and I'd say July at the latest. I, You know, I don't, I don't think so. They could. They definitely could do Christmas. I just do not think they will. But, I mean, looking at the timing also, um, we have 2017. We've got uh, Star Wars, which would be a Christmas release. Yeah. And then if you run into 2019 and you don't, you don't want to do a Christmas release against Star Wars no. for Episode Nine, you don't. No, no, no. Like, no. If you're in especially any... since Episode Nine is theoretically the conclusion to this massive thing that we've all been watching for the last fucking 100 yeah, years if you're in anywhere close to the same fan set as uh star wars you definitely do not want to run yeah. against it um anyway i i'm super excited for this i really want there to be another man of steel movie um and it's going to be interesting i think because uh this we potentially have the opportunity to have a completely untethered sequel um you know with the events of batman versus superman do we want to spoil that do we care well, this is interesting, um, just because Batman versus Superman, according to Zack Snyder, was the direct sequel to Man of Steel, and apparently, that but it wasn't. That is no longer the case. Yeah, sure it was, buddy. So, uh, th- sure but, that wasn't studio meddling telling you to hurry up and get Batman out the door. This is this is just more more evidence uh, to Zack maybe losing a little bit of clout with the with the powers that be at Warner Brothers. Yeah. I Which mean, is fine. He needs to lose that cloud a little bit. I don't know if this, is that or if this is backpedaling for them being like, uh, you know, maybe we should flesh out this universe a little bit before we try to bring all of our A game. Um, Dude, they've got to be able to. They've got to be able to do a solid movie before they do Green Lantern because they can't afford to have another Green Lantern that just fucking tanks. Yeah. So, I mean, if they do, I mean, they've killed that character for at least a good decade, uh, if not the entire fucking. DC cinematic extended DC extended universe, I guess is what they're calling it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, man, is still sequel. Super, super happy to see that happening. Cause yeah. I think Cavill's an awesome Superman. And I, I really hope this is the sequel where we get to see the Superman. We all know are, and love. Are you like my wife where like you weren't a hundred percent sold on him as Superman until Batman versus Superman. That's no, no, one no. of the positive things. I liked him in Did man you? of steel a lot. The only thing I thought then, and I still think is they just should have let him shine a little bit more. Um, at, at, you know, give him a little bit more of the Superman characteristics that that we. we I think like. he certainly has the look. 
Like oh, definitely. The, the look in itself is is amazing. Um, my I, wife though like was not sold with just Man of Steel. Like it took BVS, and she was like, "No, I think that actually, I think that movie did great things for him in my eyes." And I was like, "Well, that's weird because yeah. that movie didn't do great things for fucking anybody." No, so <laughs> completely, completely the opposite. I, I liked him better ben, in Man of Steel. I mean, it obviously did good things for Ben because uh, we got to see Ben as as Batman, and a lot of us were really on board with that anyway. So. Yeah, I I liked him a lot in um, Man of Steel. I liked him a lot better than I did in Batman vs Superman, mostly because I think the characterization got a, even a little bit more fucked up in Batman vs Superman compared to what I want to see in Superman. So um, I'm hoping that with uh, Man of Steel and the events at the end of um, Batman vs Superman, and knowing that we're not going to get a lot of Man of uh, Superman screen time in Justice League, I'm hoping we finally get Superman proper in the sequel, the Man of Steel sequel. So yeah. All right, we're going to take one more break, and then we will be back with the rest of the show. Okay, so finishing out the show, um, we've got a little bit more news. Uh, this one I put in here, I don't know, we I don't think we've ever talked about this on the show, and it, strictly speaking, is not exactly in our wheelhouse. Hold on, we forgot one thing. What? Oh, okay, we did. Going back to DC. Man, yeah. I fucked up that segue so hard. It's fine. Yeah, I'll just cut this all out. Um, so Kevin Smith, uh, Kevin Smith, a uh, big friend of the show. Uh, he doesn't know it, but we like him. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Smith, um, is of course directing an, another episode of the flash, which we talked about already on the show. Um, and that's going to be episode, th- uh, uh, season three. I think it's episode seven, not positive. Um, and it's most likely going to be titled Killer Frost. Uh, we have a link to Kev's tweet, which shows the script with him carefully, uh, attempting to cover the title ish, uh, the title of the episode with a pen with his Air Canada pen. Yeah, hey. but some some uh, 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 Reddit detective or you know some sort of internet detective uh, went ahead and uh, zoomed in and and, and you know uh, reticulated the splines and whatever, and uh, seems to have pulled out that it's going to be uh, it entitled Killer Frost. It is really hard to see. Like you, looks, I think you yeah. have to be. Like I think he's right though. It's under right thirty, there. I think you have to be under thirty to actually be able to read it. So, it's still pretty fucking hard to tell though. Yeah. So that's a big damn question mark. Are we getting like is is Earth One Caitlin going to be Killer Frost? That's my big question, dude. Uh I don't know if I want to see Earth One Caitlin go that direction, but I do definitely uh, want to see uh, Danielle Panabaker as killer frost yeah, again. more killer frost is good i don't know that they should do that with caitlin snow that we have from earth one she's she's again adorbs i just so. how, okay first off after all the shit that she's been through how do they meaningfully turn her into killer frost yeah like the, the only the only way that i could see that happening now is, is you got another boyfriend dying because you can't do that again it, I don't think. It, and i don't think so if they did it would be so cheap so the only thing i could think of happening is some sort of like she fell in a vat of acid bullshit you know like which again after the things that she's been through where the, they've been where we've all been sitting here like oh th- this is going to be the one this is going to be the one that's where she goes to kill her frost and then she's like no i'm fine everything's yeah. cool i'll take care of you barry you know yeah. no problem we can be plato- platonic friends um uh, after all that, if they ended up cheaping out and using some sort of like, you know, techno mumble jumble, uh, reason to do that, it would be really disappointing. I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's it for DC. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
All right, so let's talk about uh, back to the thing I was talking about before. Um, this is not exactly within the purview of our general nerdery that we oh, just sure talked about, is. but I think it is because this is kind of a cult classic, and there's a good chance if you're listening, you've already seen and loved this movie, and that is Super Troopers. Um, Super Troopers uh, has a sequel coming out relatively ish soon. It's now a thing that's happening for sure. Um, it's been, you know. Fans have wanted it for a long time, but they're finally getting their stuff together, uh, Broken Lizard, and doing the movie. And uh, Rob Lowe actually has been cast and is going to be joining the movie. Financing. I think this movie is crowdfunded, so I think that's actually what took a long time to get it to get it off the ground. But they did crowdfund the movie, uh, and actually, I don't think it took that long to get the funds for it once they once they no. like open the the thing. I think everybody was like, "I'll take a liter of cola, dude." Yeah, Rob Lowe, man. Yeah, do yourself a favor if you haven't seen it yet. Go watch the uh, Comedy Central roast of rob Lowe. oh i haven't but that actually sounds like it'd be fun and coulter was there <laughs> and she looked like she was having the least fun of anyone in the world and it was amazing <laughs> even just... jewel took the time to shit on ann coulter I, I who who doesn't like it was so fucking amazing like i mean just honestly ann coulter the joke writes itself and several of them did yeah <laughs> And it was great. <laughs> All right, I'll check that out, just if nothing else, because she's a total cunt, and I would love to see her get roasted. I I, I think they might even refer to her as a cunt. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not being sexist. Like, there, there's just a few, there's a few people in the world that that word totally fits, and God help her, she's one of them. Yeah. 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 All right. Um. So, Super Troopers, Rob Lowe. I wouldn't fuck that chick with the dick that the dude strapped onto the guy in Seven. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. No. Anyway, I'm unhappy to know that I live on the same planet where she has sex. I don't think she does. So I don't think you have to worry much about that. Procreates asexually. Uh, I'm she guessing she there's some have sort of kids like or a husband. So I get uh, you know zygote sort of thing going on. No, I think I think racism may legitimately die with her. <laughs> that would be amazing. So <laughs> just. I, I'm, you know, I'm hard pressed to find anybody else that said as many things so stupid on such a consistent basis, and then we've got Donald Trump running for president. Like telling Whoopi Goldberg that she doesn't understand the black struggle was amazing. <laughs> like, okay, that happened. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that is delightful. Yeah. That is delightful. Yeah. 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 Um, especially because she's the like say what you will about her like she's the absolute picture of Aaron Aryan nation you know sort of like wow yeah that's wonderful and speaking of strange creatures that don't make any sense to this fucking earth let's talk about Pokemon yeah you know I don't know if we're going to talk about Pokemon much longer because I honestly the last time I played it was when I was over here like two weeks ago and we did that show and we were walking down the street don't get me wrong I still dig the game it's not I bad just, it's I just, just have issues with it and here's the thing so Pokemon Go Plus is now in the wild don't even know what that is. Yeah, um, that's because they announced it when the when the game came out, and then it just now came out. So we talked about the buddy thing. That's not the buddy thing. No, it's a watch. It's like or or you can clip it to your belt or whatever, right? And it has basically really limited functionality. It's got it's a button. It's oh, and, it, and, it, and it's a way like with your iPhone because your iPhone will shut off your location services um, when the. This does this with uh, um, Apple Watch too. They actually had a segment in yeah. the latest keynote. Um, so one of the things that uh, one of the things they highlighted was the uh, Pokemon Go is going to be getting an Apple Watch um, app 
uh, so you can do you know limited functionality, which will probably be way better than the plus because basically what the plus yeah. does is it vibrates uh, when you're near a Pokestop, and so like you push the button, which simulates the spinning of the Pokestop, right? And then it vibrates again once for each item that you're picking up. You don't know what you're picking up, but it tells you like, you can get a sense of how many items you're getting from that Pokestop. How much is this thing? Like thirty five bucks if it's not sold out and you have to buy it on Amazon for one hundred and seventy or whatever. You know, I was gonna say like thirty five bucks. I don't know. I could see first off, there's a lot of people I think already that play Pokemon Go, sort of like that sink a lot of money into coins and what have you. So I think for those type of people, that's gonna sell like hotcakes. And I think they they've probably this may be a, a valid strategy for them. Well, and here's the thing. I think it'll be used primarily for the Pokestops because it's not really. It doesn't make a ton of sense unless they change the algorithm for catching a Pokemon. Because you can use it to try and catch a Pokemon, because it'll buzz a different way when you're when there's a Pokemon nearby. But you hit the button, and you only get one shot, and it gives you one kind of, kind of buzz. If you catch it, it gives you a different kind if it runs away. But that's the only shot you get. So it doesn't make any sense to try that way See, versus pulling your phone out. I was having a hard time understanding how they were going to make some of those features work for the Apple Watch, and my understanding is that they're not. And the Apple Watch is fantastically more capable. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know about that. That sounds iffy. I mean, I'm sure, so, like I said, there, the, there's the hardcore group that are probably going to buy this thing for no, obviously. But, uh, wow, I don't see normal people doing that. Well, and here's the thing. This is where we get into my second topic on Pokemon Go tonight, which is me bitching about Pokemon Go. Were we not doing that before? No. I've okay, been, go I've been relatively go nice up to now. Um, Strap in, ladies So, we talked a little bit about the buddy update and how it took a forever to get it. Uh, because they they rolled it out in phases and whatnot. Because yeah, ooh, can't get it to everybody at the same time. Because you know we got so many people playing now. Um, coincidentally, I got my Pokemon Buddy update the day after we recorded that last episode. So did I. Um, but uh, anyway, I also got another update yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. Go on. And this update specifically was to fix bugs in the Pokemon Go Plus functionality. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody got that update yesterday. This wow. this was not this was not one of those things where they felt like they had to roll it out in phases to um, cause to, to not cause you know problems with the network and everything else. Well, <sighs> this was one of those things where we're like, hey, we got this thirty five dollar device, and um, you know, of course, everybody has to be able to use that right away. We don't care about the actual functionality of the game with the buddy system. See, the thing I wonder about that is, like, the buddy system, I think there could be a server-side issue that they didn't know how that was going to scale. I wonder if that's the same thing for the plus thing, because it depends on what the bugs that they were fixing with the plus thing is. So, like, if it were, like, a purely a problem with the communication to the, you know, like, do you, I'm assuming it has to be tethered to a device. Like, you have to have it with an iPhone or an Android thing. The, the the plus yeah the, 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 yeah yeah the you gotta plus. carry it in your pocket either way yeah, yeah. um but it's got to go with with a phone so it could be you know a bug with how it talks to the app or something like that and that's not a server side capacity issue but even still i mean i think the the thing that i've seen and, and a lot of people have complained about with niantic is they i don't know that they should have been the one developing this game like they they don't seem to know well enough what they're doing to deal with this kind of scale and all that kind of well, shenanigans niantic did it because they had the only other AR game that had been relatively successful up to date. What? Oh yeah, yeah. With uh, that's that's why they did that. With, Ingress. Uh, Ingress. So that part makes sense. Um, 
and nobody anticipated the rush that was going to happen when everybody downloaded the the Pokemon Go app and started playing initially anyway. Oh, uh, definitely not, no. But that being said, there are better ways to handle updates. There are better ways to fix tracking issues. What, then you just mean just tearing it out? That's not a good way to fix it? Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure mine still has guts hanging out of it. Yeah, like entrails just down the the, yeah. the bits yeah so they neutered the they neutered the app and then um wouldn't push the update to everybody right away that people wanted and then all of a sudden they've got a new device that they want to sell and that update gets pushed to everyone right away you know and, and you know let's just say everybody's gonna first off i'm sure there are some nerds like me sitting at home they're gonna be like maybe they had a good reason for doing that but most people are not gonna be like that yeah this is not gonna help them at all you know what it made me do What's up? I went and bought Pokemon Y for the 3DS. <laughs> I don't even have a 3DS, but that'll, my kid does. That'll show him. My kid does, so yeah. I was just like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just, I'll catch Pokemon this way. Yeah, way to stick it to the man. Yeah, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the show for this week. Is that the show? Yeah. See, we would normally talk about comics for the next like hour and a half, but as we said, we did not read the comics in anticipation of the show this week. Um, we are also, you know, we talked about this in the last couple of episodes, but we've definitely got to narrow down what we're reading. Um, so in the show notes this week, we're going to post the comics that we we are committed to read, and, and along with some disclaimers of the ones that we may or may not get to and may or may not discuss again. Um, but th- there are definitely some books, you know, like Action Comics came out this week, Detective and all-star bat detective comics and all-star batman came out this yeah. week we're definitely going to keep reading those titles um whether we get to them before the show airs or not maybe a little bit of a question i'm assuming we're gonna get kind of on a regular schedule there yeah it's um, been kind of a busy week a couple weeks actually for us lately yeah. so but we're definitely going to read them um so those are going to go in the show notes and then we're going to put you know the the regular release schedule this week and uh you know just kind of give you a little asterisk by the ones that we may or may not discuss again if you decide to uh read along with us yeah, and for those of you listening at home, um, by the time this episode airs, uh, Gotham will have premiered for the season. Yeah. Um, we may or may not talk about it on our next episode, depending on where we're at with the show. We probably won't, because that means I'd have to watch like six episodes in the next week, and I doubt I'm going to do that. Uh, I may. I may watch. I may kill the whole season sometime. But um, Well, if you do and you, you, you happen to tell me, like, I've got to watch it, I probably will. But Again, and Luke Cage countdown, uh, we are at the time of recording 12 days away from the Luke Cage drop on Netflix, and we will definitely talk about that when it comes out yeah um and here's the other thing too at the close of the show we always tell you where you can get a hold of us and all that good stuff um but one of the things we do ridiculously um often during the show is tell you yeah we're gonna put this in the show notes we're gonna put this in the show notes yeah i don't know if we've ever once told you where you can find those show notes we may not well first off if you have a fairly decent podcast client um you will probably be able to find those in your podcast client uh that that's the easiest this way is to true do it. If you do not uh, use your podcast client like that or um, have a shitty podcast client, I'm sorry if you do, but you may, um, you could you could find it elsewhere, Matt. We have um, our very own website. It's whatevery.co. Yeah. Um, all the show notes are there with clickable links. Um, if that doesn't suit your fancy, you can also look us up. Um, if you do podbean.com slash whatevery, you will find us there. Oh, don't look us up there. I did not. I did. I. I've actually de- uh, haven't styled any of that. So if you look us up there and it looks like you're like no, it, it actually formats better than iTunes does. Well, the text formatting does, but I think it's still got all the generic headers and stuff like that. Because I so far the only thing I've used them for is like backing. Um, pull it up. 
it's it's well yeah no you can totally find all the stuff there but if you get there and you're like why does it look like a um uh generic website uh because that's not gonna be the right one nope it's because i did not do anything with it whatsoever um i didn't even try because uh, i was just kind of like well we'll we'll just go with whatever you know no um, it's it's actually fine okay i've cool. looked at, I, that's that's actually where i look up a lot of stuff for our show rookie dude i spent all that time on whatever.co and you're looking it up on the all right whatever well whatever.co doesn't never mind shut up <laughs> <laughs> um you can also find us on twitter um we, at whatever show yeah we post a lot of stuff on there uh like if you want to sneak peek into the next episode a lot of the times i'll tweet stuff out and matt will tweet stuff out that we're going to talk about on the next show Ooh, yeah and Next week's show, we're going to be doing on a Sunday night. We're going to actually do it immediately following WWE Clash of Champions, which is the first Raw exclusive pay-per-view since the brand split. That will and be fun. And we will live tweet all throughout that particular show as well. Yeah. Um, we're on Facebook, too. Uh, Facebook.com slash whatever show. We got email if you're into that. That's uh, uh, whatever you do. Questions at whatever.co. <laughs> it's my first time, folks. Um, <laughs> I, I wonder how many times. Be that, gentle. That's got to be a running joke in the show by now. It's my first time. This is the first time we've done this. Yeah. We yeah. don't know how to podcast. Questions yeah. at whatever.co. If uh, somehow I figure out how to get this show actually out to you, you can check all that stuff out. Um, also, we very much appreciate it. Um, you know, look, I know there are a lot of you that, unlike Matt, have not converted to iPhone and the iTunes universe. <laughs> uh, but still, iTunes is probably the biggest podcast directory in the world and is the best place for us to get discovered uh, by new fans. So if you could go on iTunes and give us a rating or whatever, we would vastly appreciate that as well. We also recognize that iTunes is one of the biggest steaming piles of shit that ever grace a computer screen but yeah if you can somehow do that on a mac or an ios device even if you have to steal one it's probably a much preferable even including jail time for stealing a mac it's probably a much more preferable experience than installing it on windows and using it there yeah i itunes um on a windows machine is not a fun experience you know what you're a nerd you're listening to this show you know what you do you put that in virtual box you just run a whole machine just j- just for itunes not gonna lie my main inst- install of itunes these days it's on a virtual machine just because i don't want to have the clever cluttering up my main shit uh nevertheless uh grab your wife's phone or your your brother-in-law's phone or whoever's phone you can and uh you know that has an iphone and and rate us on that that that's pretty easy to do too and that helps us out so yeah thanks very much for listening to the show folks we will see you next week later